When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Day one of free agency, not fully over, but mostly in the books. Uh, Chris McFarland, the GM of the Colorado Avalanche, just had his media availability. All three of you were there, so I'll, I'll let you guys take this one. What did McFarland have to say about today? He, he did say that they are – I thought it was really interesting the way that he uh, said it and then Megan kind of, you know, had him had him kind of reiterate it. But that he said that, yes, they're mostly done for today, minus some things that they, it sounds like they've already got done, that they're just waiting to officially come through. Uh, that they're mostly done for today, but that they weren't done. The word he used was tinkering. They're going to continue to tinker around the edges, but that he said they're going to, quote, let it breathe for a little bit here. Um, so, you know, we'll get into kind of what he talked about in terms of who maybe they still have some tabs on, who they're keeping an eye on, who those deals in the hopper might be for. Um, but for the most part, I don't think we should expect like any new impactful roster players coming in. That does not mean they are done uh, coming in today, but that does not mean they're done for the summer. Uh, before we get into the ab signings, which we will touch on in just a second, your guys' feelings on the day as a whole felt a little bit slow. There's still a lot of reasonably sized names out there on the market. Is this the new norm for free agency, or do you think with the cap going up next year, we'll be back to the madness again next season? Uh, madness next season. I mean, yeah. more money. I think the next the guy signing one and two year deals. Uh, you're going to have a giant talent influx and guys who are planning and excited about getting into the market, uh, into markets that will every 32 teams will be given four or $5 million each season. Uh, that's a pretty, that's a big contract for a pretty good player every year, or it's good contracts for multiple players every year. So everybody's going to be happy. I think we go back to madness in the future. This felt a lot like that first COVID offseason where that free yeah. agency was absolutely brutal to sit through because yep. nobody had any money. Well, well, and I was just about to say, this, I think, should be like the last remnant from all the COVID schedule craziness where yeah. this should have been the last event that got bumped because of things that had gotten bumped years before. We typically have like almost a full week in between the end of the draft and the open of free agency so teams can kind of dedicate all of their focus to the draft and what they're doing there. And then they can completely reset, come back, do free agency, all that good stuff. Um, wasn't the case this year. So yeah, I, I think next year we're back to more traditional, what we've come to expect. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm with it. I hope 
so I don't want to do another six-hour show that gets drawn out without any super awesome action again next year. But for today, getting into what the Avs did, technically made four signings. One of them was an internal guy. One of them was Chris Wagner, who's likely to play for the Eagles for the most part next season. Uh, and then two real NHL roster signings from free agency being Miles Wood and Jonathan Druin. Where do you all want to start? Well, I'll just say this, and <laughs> dumb. I'll just say this, and then I'll I'll let Megan and AJ if they want to get into the you know the minutia of any of those guys, we can go there. But I really did as we got part of the way through the day, <laughs> the multi-hour-long Miles Wood saga, trying to figure out was the signing legit? Okay, now what's the de- you know what are the terms of it? All right, we've got the length, and we had to wait another ninety minutes to get the AAV, so. About halfway through the day, I was honestly not like upset, mad, disappointed, like, but I, I just I was a little surprised at how little the abs had done given not the specific players that had signed, but the types of deals that we were seeing out there. I was like, this should be Colorado's market. Like a lot of these guys are willing to take deals that are right in the wheelhouse of what the abs are wanting to do. And I was just a little iffy on what it was they had ultimately come up with. They make the Jonathan Drouin signing. I love where that dollar figure comes in. And I thought that made the Miles Wood one make a little bit more sense. I think given what was out there today and what was a pretty weak free agency class, I really liked what the abs ended up doing at the end of the day, knowing that there's a little bit more work to be done. Uh, Miles Wood's maybe on a little bit of the high side for your AAV, but this kind of feels like the draft picks themselves. Since you made the picks, you feel good about the players you got there. For me, this is it. The players you brought in, I think you feel pretty good about what you're paying them, all of that good stuff. I feel it was a really productive day because they touched on a couple different areas. Like, lead up to free agency opening, we have more clarity on second-line centermen, third-line centermen. And then through free agency, we get clarity on Bill and Byram. I think that might be Mm -hmm. one of the biggest takeaways for me personally from free agency is seeing the extension come through. And frankly... It's better, I put in quotes, than I imagined in that I was thinking they would have to give up higher AAV or term to make Byram happen and to see it come through on free agency day so that they can go the rest of the offseason with that clarity on the number and the term is huge. He's such a big piece of their identity, too, that it's important for them to build the rest of the decor then around the Makar, Byram, and for at least now, Taves into the future. And so getting clarity on that was already so huge, but then they get a little bit more clarity also within their middle six to build around the Ross Colton types. Now we can see where Miles Wood comes into play and Druan comes into play. And I think that Duran was just good business because it comes in at under one mil. It makes up for a little bit of the discomfort we have surrounding that Wood contract that overall it's, it was not only productive, but I felt like it was on the whole pretty good business as well. So, Two very different ideas here between Wood and Druin, as we can bring up the Evs. Don't take this roster as fact, but a rough estimation of what you can expect Colorado's roster to look like at the moment. Druin in the top six, Wood on a third line. When you look at these two, Wood is a long-term answer. Certainly Colorado believes that as a as a third line or, or potentially even middle six guy for them. And Druin is a shot on upside in the immediate. 
how does Colorado parse this going forward? Is this a, hey, hope for the best with Drew and, and however it goes, you're done with them at the end of the year? Or could they look at this being a, a multi-year deal thing down the line? I mean, obviously it all depends on how it goes this year. Uh, I, I, this was one I found really interesting. Uh, you know, it was brought up uh, in Chris McFarland's availability. Nathan McKinnon, very good friends with Jonathan Drew and how much was he consulted in? Chris McFarland made it sound like quite a bit that, that, you know, McKinnon advocated for it, uh, you know, kind of gave everyone the rundown in terms of who he was both on and off the ice, something that he was very, very excited about. Uh, you know, he made the joke that McKinnon became an honorary member of the scouting staff, uh, you know, for the, when, in the days leading up when they were discussing Drew in. So if it goes well, if the play translates on the ice, I could totally see this being something that, that sticks, uh, just beyond this year, but that's what I like about it. They didn't get caught up in like the, the, the romanticized part of it where it's the, your star player is really happy. He really likes this guy. He thinks he's great. All that stuff. They said, that's all perfect. We're going to take a cautious approach, put him in a situation like AJ talked about during the watch along. I don't know if we call that draft day live, uh, or, uh, free agency live. Um, you know, it, it, it could make a lot of sense drew and fitting in with this system. So let's wait and see, but we mentioned it again while we were doing the watch along. This is a guy that's played at a 40 point, 40 point pace or better each of the last four years. He just hasn't gotten to 82 games. Um, I, I think there's a real chance that this could be something that fits. If drew can stay healthy, keep himself in the lineup. Okay. It's, it's not without risk, certainly. Uh, obviously, Drouin has struggled to regularly be on the ice over the last three years uh, in Montreal. But he's also a guy who is fully capable of putting up 50 points and being at least offensively a top six player for Colorado. Megan, you mentioned it. At 825K, is there even a downside here? No. I don't. Th- I don't think I so. See Sorry. People shaking their heads. No. <laughs> well, I was gonna yeah. say. I, I thought. I was. I thought maybe. It was gonna, yeah. No. I. I mean. I don't think so. This to me feels a lot like the Ryan Johansson acquisition. It. It can only go well. It can't go poorly. If it goes poorly, you move on in a year. Well, Duran. and that's. I mean, that's the downside of it is that Duran's game doesn't translate to Colorado very well. He doesn't. He isn't able to make the most of the opportunity. Um. He's. He's. His. He's not a good defensive player, and it becomes an actual problem where Bednar stops trusting him in situations uh, next to Colorado skill guys. Like, he's going to need to earn that earn that trust from the coaching staff that, you know, he can take a shift with four minutes to play of a one-goal game in the third period. You know, he, mm. needs, to, he needs to be able to, to contribute. And the downside is that it doesn't work, and they move on, and they still have to figure out that spot as the year goes on. That's really it, though. Um, like that's that's the downside of it is that that's the that's the spot at the trade deadline that you're looking at and saying, "Nope, oh, got to try and find a find an answer for this." Duran didn't work out, so it's not it, which which is not like a oh you're trying to find a a wing a middle six wing at the deadline is not a difficult piece of business to be doing, and at 825k. It's not a contract that's going to sit on your books and cause you any kind of an issue. If it doesn't work, you can always just send him to the Eagles. 
the money is gone, you move on from it, and it's whatever. Um, so that's where, like, that's that's where that's where the downside is. It, and when you talk about what the potential upside is, it's a really easy gamble for Colorado. These are the kinds of contracts that you you talk about guys signing, but don't see very often, uh, because they are very very limited in upside for Jonathan Duran immediately this year. Now, if it goes really well and he's able to kind of reinvigorate his career, he sets himself up for maybe, you know, if it goes really well in Colorado, maybe he wants to stay. If he has too good of a season, maybe he prices himself out of Colorado and somebody throws a lot of money at him next offseason when we were just talking about all the teams are going to be really happy to spend money again. So there's it's this is really one of those mutually beneficial relationships where it's all about opportunity for one team and it's all about cheap upside for for the organization. It's an it's an easy uh, I would I would even venture to say it's it's one of the best deals in terms of uh, a risk reward factor that got made in the entire NHL today. Okay. Uh, the other move of significance miles wood kind of a weird contract evaluation two and a half mil per at six years uh for a guy that's slated for the abs third line at least in the immediate it's pretty obvious skill set that fits in the avalanche organization with a ton of skating ability uh adds some size that the abs have been looking for uh, i think mcfarland said that they were looking for size specifically in the absence of Landeskog. i don't know yeah. what exactly he said mm-hmm. but yeah Along those lines. Sure. It is, is this a good deal for Colorado today? And will it be a good deal ever? Uh, go ahead, AJ. I think, I, think, I think the reality here is that it's not going to be very hard for him to live up to it. If he continues, if he, if he scores 12 to 15 goals a year and he plays the brand of hockey that he's played his whole career, which is very very high paced uh very competitive you do talk about the size with johansson colton and uh miles wood you're talking about all guys who are at least six feet tall colton's like the small guy at six foot 200 but he's the most physical of those guys and when you put wood and colton in your bottom six together and you're talking about replacing guys like newhook and malgan you're removing those skill elements, those the, the really high skill ceilings, and you're replacing it with guys who are hyper-competitive and really physical players. And it just brings a different dimension to the bottom six than what the Avs were dealing with last year. You're talking you, you're talking about... A, a, for Wood, I don't think it's very hard to live up to the two and a half million. Um, the six years, we all said this, this has to keep the AAV down. Going through some contract comps, I could see where all of the comps were sitting in the $3 million range or more. He's coming off a deal in which he was making 3.2 last year. And so in order to get it down to 2.5, they went six years. As a guy that's turning 28 this year, you hope he ages well. It's really because speed is such an important element of his game. You hope that his legs age well into his 30s because if that element starts to go, this contract has a problem to be or the contract has a possibility to be a problem over time. 
but when the if the cap continues to go up 10 15 million over that six year period yeah two and a half million dollars is just we're gonna start talking about two and a half million dollars being fourth line player money uh yeah. and and very variable very movable whatever 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 the, there's no way around that six years is probably just too many for for what miles wood is uh, I, which is just a just a guy that great transition player not a very good defensive wing but highly competitive to the to the point of detriment he has penalty issues mm-hmm. uh, but highly competitive and a good goal scorer that stands in, that can stand in front of the net and give them the element that they just didn't have at all last year well, and we've talked, we talked so much and, and Chris McFarlane even specifically called out the pro scouting staff for the Savs group has done a outstanding job over the last several years, identifying players from around the league that say, we think this guy fits into our system. Obviously it's not automatic miles would us come in and do the job, but to the point AJ was making, if we're talking a $15 million cap bump here over the next five years, then 2.5, you don't feel bad at all about. And if you can get maybe even just keep it at that level, a slight bump for Miles Wood because he fits really well into what you're doing here, then yeah, you then you feel really good about two and a half and you don't have to worry about that money going anywhere for a long time. Um, I like the way that AJ put that easy for him to live up to. If he's not living up to this deal, then something went really wrong for the abs and Miles Wood. Uh, looking through the rest of this, obviously the other big deal, Megan, Megan talked about it. Bone Byram getting extended two years, 3.85 million for him per year. Uh, this was a deal that was going to get done eventually, but how important is it for Colorado to have this done now? I, I mean, I said it at the beginning of our show and AJ gave me crap. I said, that was something that they needed to have at least an idea of what that number was going to look like, because I really thought that was going to set the terms for what you were able to do today. Um, now I did not think they were going to sign that deal. This I think I even said on the show, I'm not expecting it to get done, but I thought they needed to have a good idea because that was going to tell them what they had available for free agents, for bringing guys back uh, for whatever regardless of where that dollar figure came in, I thought they needed to have that mostly sorted out by this weekend. Okay. Uh, I can bring the roster back up here and we can get into this conversation. First of all, I think we all agree pretty darn good day for Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, dude, especially if you're considering that Chris McFarland kind of alluded to maybe a Cogliano maybe an Evan Rodriguez still fitting in here. Like, I think you feel really good about this. Yeah. And just for clarity, what Jesse's referring to is that McFarland said specifically that he, there are some free agents, some internal free agents that he hopes uh, those deals are getting pushed across the finish line here soon. So that, I mean, I would love for that to be Rodriguez. It feels like it's, like like Jack Johnson and and Andrew Cogliano would be like more likely, but yeah, I mean if if you if you add those guys, I mean I, it's hard to feel like because again we and we talked about this on the live show here. Where's your big weakness? What's the, what's the hole on your roster right now? 
What do you, what do you, what, what really important thing do you not have right now? Is there work to do? Yeah, you're not done. There are literal question marks on your roster right now. <laughs> Those aren't hockey players. But if they get the Colton deal done here pretty soon and they have an exact dollar figure, if we're estimating right around the three and a half million dollar range for a Colton deal, that gives them $4.9 million to play with to fix, to, 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 fill in these gaps here that's enough that's enough money for them to get some decent guys here so it for me it's really really hard to feel uh, it's really hard to feel like there's much to be upset about here Mm -hmm. megan i want to go to you on roughly five million dollars to fill at minimum two spots here on the roster is it more important for colorado to go out and fill this defensive spot or do you think the forward spot is more important the defensive spot, for reasons we alluded to in the live coverage of free agency being positionally, that's going to be, I think, most coveted and valued by teams. It's reflected in how day one unfolded already so far. And I think that's where they're going to have more limited options. So I'd like to see them make a commitment in that way to something they feel comfortable with, someone they feel comfortable with. Because I think that, as we also addressed in the live coverage, there are several forward options we would be comfortable with. in the bottom six that could satisfy that role pretty well, bring a few different things to the table, a couple couple different tools that could complement Wood and Colton and bring the best out of that third line. I think they'll have more options available there. Um, And honestly, that's where a lot of the money could be tied up is in whatever that defensive option is. They'll know what they have to then spend on that next forward option once they address the defensive option. And there is certainly some flexibility in this lineup too. Don't take it as this is where every guy will play. You could see Drew and drop down to the third line. You could see LOC move up and play on that third line as well. And they may look for other options in the forward core, especially they could be interested in a fourth line center or something like that, depending on what they want to do with Ben Myers. So there is still more work to be done, but on a day, Three hours into it, we were like, okay, they've only done Miles Wood. It feels like a little bit of an overpay in the immediate. Not great. They took that and turned it into an upside swing on Jonathan Druin and cleaning up some in-house work with Bowen Byram to set themselves up for whatever they're going to do next. And, uh, just to read, just like further touch on the Byram thing getting done, it gives them cost certainty to go out and know exactly what they're dealing with in terms of money. Yep. to be competitive with the secondary market, the second and third wave of free agency that'll be here, uh, that, that we will see get picked through over the next two to four days. Yep. Uh, it, having Byram done and having it done short-term because a long-term deal was going to cost you $3 million more per year. Would that have been great in year six? Totally. But what is it costing you right now? It could be up to three roster spots. And so getting it done the way that they did on a, on a, the, the short deal that they gave him under $4 million gives them the flexibility this year to continue to make competitive moves. Uh, and none of this, I went and I looked at next year's, none of, none of this, you know, you, you will have to figure out a top six thing next year. You're hoping that's Landeskog because that's $7 million you've invested in your top six next year. Yep. Uh, so you're hoping to replace Duran with Landy, 
in your top six. They've got the money to give Devon right now. They've got the money to give Devon Taves the extension he wants right now. Now there's the, there's just not, because there's not very many spots that will be open on their roster next season, especially if they give Colton a multi-year deal. There's so much of this group. You look at that forward core, Lekkonen, McKinnon, Rantanen, Nachushkin, Johansson, Wood, and probably Colton. LOC. And, and LOC are all guys that have at least two years in Colorado that are under contract for at least two years. Yep. Myers with his age and his situation, you could you could can you could add him in there as well. His big question mark is, is can he play in the NHL and score more than four goals, goals in, in 30 games? Too so. many games, yeah. How yeah. many are intentional goals? <laughs> <laughs> Well, considering how much uh, how much bad luck that guy had last year, yeah, uh, he's the bound universe for owed him a couple for real. Yeah, he's owed big time. <laughs> but this is this is a group. Uh, this is a group that not only sets up for this year, but opens up the door for a long term Devon Taves extension a year from now. Now, none of the guys that you were talking like Dmitry Orlov was going to be a great barometer for a Devon Taves extension taking seven, seven, five for two years. Doesn't do anything to help the avalanche on that, in that market. It's just a non relevant. Yeah. Brett Pesci is another good barometer because Taves is going to get more than him as a more dynamic offensive player, but similar defensive roles. Uh, has not, uh, there has been no movement there at the moment. So the abs are nowhere when it comes to that. But when you look of forward, Nothing that they did choose into their ability to give him an extension next yeah. year. Yep. Colton deal still to be done, but right. Not too and hard. That, and that that won't on that. Yeah. That won't have a major effect because they will need next year. They will need at the moment one one top nine forward. If Landis God comes back, they yeah. will need one top nine forward. And a backup goaltender. Yep. Because we and we don't know really about the defense. Uh, we don't know that last spot there quite yet. Um, and there could be a number of options, including a Sean Barons for less than you know on an ELC. Yep. A Sean Barons on your third pairing is very cost effective. So, Chris McFarland specifically named Sam Malinsky uh, as a guy that yep. they're really high on internally. Still, not still. I mean, he's pretty new. I did intentionally ask the question to bait Chris McFarland into talking about Sam Malinsky. <laughs> you got what you wanted then. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's the one thing that isn't, that hasn't been made super clear today is how the abs intend to use some of those internal options. We've talked about foodie as a potential call up this year. We're still talking about, you know, Cogliano may come in and replace Olafson or Myers on this roster that we're showing you right now. So it will be interesting to see how they flex some of the scratches and depth call-up options. But while there is still more work to do, it does feel like the Avs have done a good job of creating a, a base to work off of here. You, We talked about it on our live show both their power play units actually look pretty darn good with the guys they have already. Yep. 
but they need to fill out those PK units a little bit. Yeah, I do think that if you look at this, if they really could get, if they could find a way to get it back around with Erod, is he not the perfect fit for those question marks on that third line? He's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What, where's So where's your cap there? Would you be willing to forego something and go even like 3.5 or more for Erod, or does it have to be like 3 mil or less? Am I getting, am I, how many, am I getting multiple years or am I getting one? I, at 3.5 for two? Oh boy. I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to say no to it. Just sure. Cause I think he's such a good fit in Colorado. He, he was so good last year. Anthony declare traded to the sharks. Cool. Neat. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been a guy that at $3 million with one year left on his deal. Could've could have been. been interesting, yeah. Yeah, before Miles Wood could have been interesting. After Miles Wood, they're too samey in terms of burners. Yeah, he's not a guy who's going to play PK for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you know, certainly someone like Erod, or, or at very least someone of that archetype of a flexible can move around your lineup type player would make a lot of sense for Colorado. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it, it, it's not why you do it, but it's built in insurance in case the Duran thing doesn't work out. He yeah. is capable of flexing into your top six somewhere because we've seen it work. Um, so that would be, you know, that would be nice to have that kind of insurance around. And if you were to go and get more of a, a limited guy, but, you know, a, a, a grittier, like he's going to crash and bang a little bit, you know, in the in the Tomas Noshik or a Garnet Hathaway, Christian Fisher, Kind of, yep. kind of type of type of dude. You know, it's just a different, less it's than a different two million style. dollar cost yeah, range. Yeah, you're talking about a more you're talking about a more limited offensive player that's not going to be as comfortable flexing around your and certainly higher up in your lineup than a guy like Erod. But instead of you know with Erod, you're talking about we're talking about a three million dollar sweetheart deal here. With those guys, you're looking at one to two. So, yeah, you know that's the balance. Uh, the defensive spot, you guys already mentioned it. I would not surprise anyone to see Jack Johnson come back and fill that role for Colorado. Yeah. Uh, there are a few other options out there. Uh, Megan kind of talked about how many of them did end up going today and a lot of them for prices that you're kind of giving the side eye a little bit. A lot of guys getting paid 3 million plus that you uh, weren't confident about. So it's... It's a weird spot, to say the least. Am I even? Am I still connected? Okay, I yeah. am. My computer yes. just like freaked out. Uh, it, it's a weird spot to be in because it's. I really don't know the value of that market right now. You see those guys getting three by three contracts, and then you also see some other guys like Kulikov taking a one by one to go to Florida. Which look, I get it. I Kulikov's not the greatest player ever right now, but. On the live show, we kind of honed in on Ethan Bear could be interesting to do with Jack Johnson. Yeah. Something like that. Is there anyone else out there you guys had any particular eyes on for that defensive spot? I just, before I move on to answering that question, for a comparison, wanted to say even Lars Eller as a recent and relevant example. Yeah. By 2.45 is not something I would have felt comfortable with Colorado doing. Over two just feels like too much there. Yeah. It, and so I think that 
for, for Avs fans who are familiar with Eller from this last year can probably better appreciate why one year for Joanne at 825, though a big question mark would feel a little bit more comfortable. Yep. That flexibility to have money to do other things. If they could, like, if we could see Jack Johnson be one of those depth fringe things come through the hopper, I'd feel a little more comfortable too than yeah. with what they're looking to do next. Like that feels like one they could answer right now. And it would give me better clarity on then what next defensive piece they could add. Well, and, and Johnson is the type of guy, he, let's just say he comes in around 800 K. He should come in roughly around that where whoever he signs with, that's a cheap enough contract where you could look to do something else at defense if you wanted to, or you could go spend that money on forward and just live with Jack Johnson as the six, however you wanted to shape that up. So yeah. I I think Colorado has done a very good job of leaving their options open with how they want to do certain things down the line here. I, I, I really, I haven't come out and said it, but again, I, I do think you have to really give Colorado credit for today. I think they've done a really good job being patient in a market that has not necessitated going all in for anyone. Yeah, this was a tough market. Um, some guys, just to answer your question, some guys that I'm keeping an eye on in the defenseman market in particular, um, Travis Dermott would be one of them. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, Ethan Bear we've talked about. Caleb Jones is the other one. Sure. Um, I'm also going to keep an eye on a guy like Shane Gostas Bear if he was... He's talking to Detroit, sounds like. Okay. And if, that's a, if that was a... like. It just doesn't work, you know, uh, if, and if any of these guys are willing to take a really cheap one year deal somewhere, you know, like a Matt Dumba, you know, uh, you can put them in competitive spots um, where you feel like, hey, we'll, we'll see. But really, like in terms of guys that I would be comfortable playing on the third pairing that kind of belong there, you know, the Caleb, Caleb Jones, Calvin DeHaan types, I think would be um, where I would where I would have my interest. Okay. I, uh, so far, I'm happy. Let's wait to see what they do next. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? I was really hoping that we would have our AHL signings by the end of the show. Since they, <laughs> they know what they are. Yeah. It's well, just then, a matter of writing up the press release. I was going to say, and to your, the, the thing we've talked about a little bit, I, I want to know who the other people are. The other internal guys that they are waiting wrapping on? up, finishing up, yeah, whatever. wrapping up. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm with you, AJ. I was hoping yeah, with, some of that would have been here. With no Galchenyuk, no Charles Udon, no Sampo Ranta, I want to see a good deal of these AHL sightings get announced. They need to do with at least three or four guys and Chris Wagner's probably one of them but right like maybe a Lofson is and there's someone else they feel more comfortable with for the abs lineup definitely an option they could go about it that way I, I would I would be surprised if Olofsson's an, an me too just given they season. actively traded for that guy but I agree 
see him being like an Anton Bleed, where he is the first in line for a call-up because he's trusted and reliable there and gets in games that way, but I don't know about more of a full-time role. That's what training camp is for, right? Earn that job a little bit. And if he's like Anton Bleed, he might get a job out of training camp, (laughs) more or less. And uh, lose it real quick, potentially. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what the AHL deals are. The reality of this free agency class is I expect it to drag out for a while from here. A lot of names still to go that I, I think a bunch of them won't end up going tonight. Could well drag into next week. We'll see what happens entirely. But for the abs so far, so good. I don't think it's the best free agency day in the world, but hard to find too many negatives with this one. Yeah. Um, good. Final thoughts. No, no. I think you summed it up pretty good. All right. We're going to get out of here. It's our seven of us being live for the day. So we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us all day long. Uh, we are off tomorrow, but Monday dev camp starts for Colorado. So we'll be talking about whoever they end up signing and hopefully some of their prospects Tune in, come say hello if you're coming down to Dev Camp. I think all of us will be there. So we appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you on the next one.